the Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh my God, that's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Action Network Podcast. I am your host, Chris Raybon. I am joined by the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, my dude Stucky. Stuck, what's going on? Very excited to be back talking NFL, less than three weeks away from our Sundays being back. So yeah, can't wait. Uh, On this episode, we're gonna break down the NFC East and the NFC North. We'll go through every team, uh, talk about their win totals, any other futures uh, of note, get prepared to, to bet these teams every week. There's tons of NFL betting episodes leading up to week one here on the Action Network podcast. So check those out and also check out our guy Gilles Gallant and his Anytime Touchdown Manifesto episode uh, that's up right now. But Duck, let's jump into it with the NFC East. And uh, we'll start at the top with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Their win total is 10 and a half, a little uh, juiced up toward the under uh, what do you think of Dallas? I, I know you like to quote the fact that no team has repeated as an NFC East winner since, I think it's what, 2003, 2004? Yeah, it's been almost 20 years. A, a wild division. Dallas is an intriguing team. If you look at some of the advanced metrics last year, I mean, I think from a DVOA perspective, they finished one overall in the regular season. And a lot of their advanced metrics looked pretty good. And you could argue that Dak Prescott wasn't fully healthy. It came out that Zeke Elliott is on the decline, I think, but he also wasn't fully healthy. But the things that I don't like about Dallas, I hated their offseason and what they gave up or didn't get back for Amari Cooper. You lose Randy Gregory in absurd fashion. The receiver situation, I think, takes a major step back. I think the offensive line is going to be worse off. I Yeah, I just didn't like what they did. In the offseason, I think they're worse off than they were last year. And then on the other side, the defense, it led the league in EPA for turnovers. And I, that there's probably some major regression coming in that department. We talked about how much we liked the defense and your boy at coordinator and how he adjusted. <laughs> and he wasn't just, you know, Quinn wasn't just running his cover three and he was using a lot more man and different looks. Um, but uh, they definitely benefited a lot from turnovers. And if you look at some of the luck metrics, there's potential regression coming from Dallas. I think the Eagles got better. The Giants will be better. Washington, meh. Um, and I think Dallas got worse overall. I project them 9.8 wins. I think their win total is what, over 10 juice. So I would lean under. I'd rather tech this division elsewhere. But they're definitely an intriguing team where you can make arguments for both sides of uh, where this team is headed in 2022. But I, I don't think that they got better from last year. Diggs is obviously not going to intercept as many passes that, you know, interceptions have a massive impact on, you know, your point differential and whatnot. So I can see them taking a step back, but the schedule is really not that, that tough. Uh, I think I got them favored in 10 games. So uh, it's a no bet for me either way, but I wouldn't be surprised if they repeat, you know, finally and break the curse. But 
I, I just think the market's kind of correct on there. You know, 10 and a half, that, that's kind of where it should be just given the schedule. If you look at like their DVOA, which this doesn't take this into account. We mentioned the interception luck that, that Diggs enjoyed. Now, some, not all of it's luck. He's very aggressive. He also was burned mm-hmm. a lot. Um, that's kind of his nature. But they also had fumble luck and they benefited from a very easy schedule last year that which they're going to have another easy schedule this year. And that's obviously accounted for. But last year they faced a number of backup quarterbacks. And if you recall, at the end of the year, they pl- they faced like a decimated Washington team, Philadelphia. Like they they a lot of their you know point differential came from a couple games, and there was some backup quarterbacks that they got to face. So I think that well, I'm curious to get your thoughts on a wide receiver room though. So you lose Cooper, you know, you lose said Wilson. You bring in James Washington. You don't know when Gallup is going to come back. How reliant are they going to be on Tolbert? Jalen Tolbert, a, a rookie from South Alabama. What, what are your thoughts on the wide receiver room and how it impacts Dak in this offense? It's obviously going to take a step back. Um, we're probably going to see C.D. Lamb have like a monster breakout season. I think he's going to get a huge target share. But Tolbert is a guy, I, I like him, you know, just watching him on film. I think he's a, a guy who can kind of go inside and outside, a uh, decent route runner. So he should be able to help them while Gallup is out. Uh, now I kind of wonder with this guy Cavante uh, Turpin, you know, going off in the return game, might they give him more snaps? You know, we've seen them go like four or five deep at wide receiver. I mean, they were getting Wilson involved last year, Noah Brown. So uh, this team, they're going to mix and match. It's obviously not ideal that, um, you know, losing Gallup and then losing Washington. Although I don't, I don't think Washington's really a difference maker at this point in his career. I'd rather go with like Tolbert and, and see if some of the other young guys have some juice, but uh, I think you're going to see a lot of Dalton Schultz. I think you're going to see a lot of Tony Pollard in the slot, but the Cowboys just keep, seem to keep coming up with these playmakers like this Turpin guy. You know, when's the last time you saw a guy take two kicks back in in the same game preseason or otherwise? So that's just another weapon for them. Jermaine Lewis know. in the Super Bowl against the Giants. I know that. Um, <laughs> yeah. The And by the way, was it Turpin really going off or is it just a, another chapter in this uh, Chargers special teams allure? Um, Probably a little of both. <laughs> yeah. My concern, though, with Lamb, who obviously is a monster and is going to have a big year, is though if you don't have someone else step up, depending on when Gallup comes back, Hooper's no longer there, is can defense, you know, he's the he's the number one guy now, and defenses can really focus on him if no one else is stepping up outside. That would be my concern for the Dallas offense because before it's like, all right, you, how, you have to cover Gallup, you have to cover Cooper, and you have to cover Lamb. It's not like you can double-team everybody, and – you usually have a good offensive line, which took a, took a step back. So I think that there's potential regression on both sides of the ball here. So I would lean under, but yeah, as you said, pretty easy schedule. Um, but I think the division got better overall outside of Dallas and they got worse. Yeah, that's definitely true. Let's talk about the Eagles because the Eagles are a team that I really like. You know, now with the win total being bet up, it's it's nine and a half, but it's minus 150. Uh, probably not much value there, although I do have them favored in 11 games. So uh, I, I like Jalen Hurts. I think A.J. Brown is just going to add a massive top target to this offense. A.J. Brown was targeted on almost 30% of his routes last season, and targets per route essentially says, hey, this guy gets open. And to add that to an offense that already had, you know, Devontae Smith entering year two, had one of the better receiving tight ends in the league in Goddard, uh, you know, have, you know, Gainwell in the backfield, Sanders, you know, they, they got guys that can catch the ball. Um, but and arguably I, I, the best offensive line in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's a top, you know, arguably the best, like you said, top three, definitely. Um, so I, I really think Jalen Hurts 
is going to take a step forward. Um, you know, he's a guy that tends to get doubted, but I look at Hertz and it's like, you know, there's, there's like a 2019 Lamar in his range of outcomes, especially with AJ Brown, who's just a monster of a receiver and he's going to be protected. He's going to be able to take off when he needs to. Um, and, and, you know, they found their running game down the stretch last year. So they have that as well. But remember this team, you know, the first, what was it? Seven, eight games. They were one of the pass heaviest teams in the league. So I think they have multiple ways to beat you. I think they're going to kind of be more balanced now that they got Brown. Uh, I think the schedule is easy. I love the O-line. So, yeah. I, I, and I, again, I have this team favored in 11 of the 17 games. So, uh, I really like this Eagles team this year. And I wouldn't be surprised if they were the ones to win that NFC East. I actually like them at plus 170 uh, to win it. Yeah, I really like what the Eagles did in the offseason. If you look at you know, some of the, the numbers with Hurts can be a bit misleading. The offense did take off. Just they were excellent at running the ball, and Hurts is a big part of that. The schedule did ease up at the end of last year. Some of the advanced metrics suggest that Hurts – didn't really improve from an accuracy standpoint. So that's what I want to see if he can take a leap. AJ Brown will certainly help that throwing over the middle of the field, which has been a weakness for Hertz. AJ Brown will certainly help that. He's also going to take attention, a lot of attention from a defense that'll, you know, you have guys that can open it up over top and you have this obviously dynamic rushing attack. So, you know, if the offensive line stays healthy too, this is a, a really dynamic offense, especially if Hertz can take that next step from an accuracy standpoint. What, the, what I was really impressed with, in the second half of last year was their, their defense, um, which was just a, a dumpster fire times early in the year. But Gannon, I think started to figure it out. Um, and towards the end of last season, and I like some of the additions in the off season, in the secondary, in the draft, I think Kaiser White's an underrated get a good fit for Gannon. And also they added Reddick and generating pressure was a, issue for the Eagles last year and he should help in that department so I think their defense also can take a step forward grabbing Bradbury who I think is a good fit for uh it's going to let most likely be another zone heavy defense so yeah I it all comes down to Hertz if Hertz takes a really big step forward he doesn't have to do too much for this team to get to the playoffs but if he takes a massive step forward from an accuracy standpoint uh this team is a legit Super Bowl contender um, I really like what they did in the offseason. Um, I project them at like nine, eight, nine, nine. So props if you bet the Eagles over before the Brown yet, because I think they were at eight and a half, maybe. Um, and they've obviously taken some money. I'm trying to think when we recorded back pre-draft, I think they were at eight and a half. Um, so if you grab that over, I obviously really like that. I've upgraded this team a bit and I'm at nine, eight, nine, nine. Over nine and a half minus one fifty, you're you're talking close to basically around 10. Um, so I don't see any value in it, but I don't mind them to win the division. And if you're a buyer of Hertz, it might be worth a flyer for the Super Bowl, you know, in a wide open NFC. Yeah, I have them. I have them just over 10. So I have them real close uh, with the Cowboys. That's why I love that. Uh, I love that future to win the NFC East because I, I don't want to take a win total juiced up to minus 150. But uh, to your point on Hertz and the accuracy, he actually did take a step forward from his rookie year. 60.7% of his throws were on target, which is terrible, uh, according to Pro Football Reference. 78.2% last year, so that's a 18% jump. His bad throws went from 27% to 14% as well. So, uh, listen, I think anytime you're throwing a, like Quez Watkins and Jalen Rager, and those are your number two and three, it's going to be tough. Like, now you're going to add A.J. Brown to take a ton of those targets 
Uh, I, I really like it. And like you said, uh, this defense is, is slept on. I think it's got solid players like all around the defense. Like you look at you look at their uh, pro football focus grades and they don't really have anyone in the red. You know, they have a couple of guys, you know, kind of in the average range. But I mean, you, you got you got solid quality players up and down this defense on all three levels. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles are like uh, the Titans from last year. You know how it's going to always be a team that's like good, but not great, but just has good luck and end up, you know, winning 12, 13 games. Like I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles are that team this year. Yep. All right. uh, Let's go giants giants win total at seven. Uh, It's uh, even minus one ten on both sides. Uh, the O-line should be better, uh, which is, you know, that that's something they've sorely needed for a while now. They obviously got the the new coach in Dabo. I, I do like him as an upgrade on, on Judge and, and Garrett and everything that was going on with them. Uh, but still only have the Giants favored in, in four games. They do have a lot of games where, you know, it, I think it could kind of go either way. So, um, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But, you know, I don't expect them to get to eight wins, you know, and that's where you have to get to uh, to bet the over. But what do you think? Yeah, I played some over six. I think it was at six when we were doing this, when we were doing the podcast. I, I recently played over six and a half minus 135, which I still like. Um, obviously, the Eagles getting better doesn't help, but I don't think Washington got better. And I, like I said, I think Dallas got worse. There's also a couple spots in the schedule that I like, but I think that this team should benefit more than anybody from the off season, just having competent play callers, um, like throwing more on first down, using more motion, also just better injury luck. This is one of the unluckiest teams in the NFL last year in terms of injuries, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I agree the offensive line should be better, horrible injury luck in, in that front as well. Yeah. They've, had, they've had some injuries again this preseason, the offensive line, so we'll see how it turns out. Uh, they can't buy a break in that department. And Thibodeau, I thought it was going to be bad. He's going to be out for the year. We'll see what he can do, but it looks like he's just he could be back for the opener. I think Martindale is a defensive coordinator. The defense did some good things last year, and they got no help from the offense. So if the offense can get a little better, should help the defense. Um, I think he'll be able to generate some pressure with some exotic blitz looks. That's what he loves to do. But if you're going to do that, you're, you know, what did the Ravens do a lot? And you saw it when they didn't have corners, when all the corners were hurt, you get burnt all day. Um, you're, your corners are going to be out on islands if you want to play the defense. And Martindale just blitzes no matter what. Um, it doesn't matter. So you're going to have corners on islands. And as of right now, Ian Robinson is slated to be the a starting cornerback. Uh, but I, that's, and he hasn't looked good. And I would love for them to go out and get, you know, Gettleman left a mess, and it's going to take a while for them to clean up the mess. I think they're in better shape than they were last year, and they're kind of just trying to manage, right, let's be competitive but also clean up this cat mess and all that. But I would love for them to go get a veteran corner. Um, you know, you, you have some rookies, you know, like a guy like Flop, but I think he's better served in the slot. Um, so that second corner spot could end up burning the Giants all year long. Curious to see what they do there. But, uh, yeah, I just think from a coaching and management perspective, they will be much more competent, even like fourth down aggressiveness, something that simple, which they were horrific at. Also, just not quarterback sneaking on third and eight, like just <laughs> little, little things that and, and by the way, I think the most important we'll see if Daniel Jones can take a step. He because on one side, it's like, all right, we have this sample size and we kind of know who he is. We've seen some flashes, but 
you know, I think uh, the football outsiders in their preview, they went back and looked at all the quarterbacks who kind of fit the profile of where Jones is ranked over his first three years. And it's not, not pretty, but he hasn't been in, he's been in maybe the worst situation you could possibly imagine. Like the, the injuries, the offensive line, incompetent coaching. Um, so we'll see if he could take a step forward, but I think the most important signing that not enough people are talking about for the giants is Tyrod Taylor. And there was even like rumors, like, is he going to run with the, is he running with the ones? So that's important for two reasons. If you look at the giants last year, it's like the giants obviously had a horrific year. Um, you know, they finished four and 13, but their record with Jones was four and they were four and seven. They were 0 and six with Jake Fromm and um, the neck starting Glennon starting a quarterback. And they were <laughs> horrendous. Now you get one of the best backups in the NFL who's also familiar with this system and scheme. I think you're going to see more RPOs, which will fit both, which will fit Jones too. I think they'll be more efficient in that aspect. But if Jones isn't it, you can go to town. If Jones gets hurt, right, there's offensive line questions. Um, you have Tyrod Taylor instead of Glennon and Fromm. So I th- that could be worth one or two wins, right? If you, Jones is out, if you just say, hey, we're going to Tyrod Taylor. So I think from uh, the backup court, the Giants couldn't do a lot from a, a cap perspective. Um, and you hope Kenny Galladay turns, remembers who he was. Uh, but having Tyrod Taylor instead of Fromm and Glennon, uh, I think it isn't being talked about enough. I project the Giants at... Let's see my latest projections. I'm at like seven, nine, eight. So I'm higher than on them than the market. I think you can still get a seven out there. I would play that, but I would, I prefer over six and a half juiced all the coaching and management. And I like what they did in the, I love what they did in the draft. Actually offensive line should be better. Hopefully they get better injury luck and uh, better results in the field for the team. The only team in the NFL that has gone under their win total in each of the past five seasons. Yeah, maybe maybe that's why I'm not as optimistic as you. I mean, I definitely think they take a step forward, but I I am worried about the you know receiving core first of all because Teddy Gowdy just looks like you know that classic you know what happens to a big bodied receiver that kind of peaks a little bit later. Like this guy just can't get separation anymore. You know, even if he's on the field healthy, uh, I, and I think that's a problem because the rest of these receivers are you know you'd rather play them in a slot. I mean, you have. Tony, you have uh, Wanda Tony's Robinson. Made a glass too. Yeah, yeah, and really, you know, Robinson's the a, a guy that he kind of reminds me of Rondale Moore. Like, I don't know if he'll be like a true help at wide receiver as much as he is more like a McKenzie or a Rondale Moore. Um, and then, you know, we don't know exactly what's going on with Shepard. I know, I know, Colin Johnson and Bachman are, are having good camps, but I still think they're a little short. Uh, in in terms of pass catchers, they got Bellinger, the rookie, uh, has been taking all the first team reps at tight end. So that's you know it, it's just gonna be a struggle. I think uh, Saquon Barkley should get a huge workload as long as he's healthy, but you don't want to run him into the ground. Uh, but you know the offensive line, I, I think that's just that can't it can't be under you know understated how bad Jones's offensive line has been. So to have you know Thomas and then Neil should be you know good as a, a top top 10 pick as well um that that's going to add a lot but I, I don't I don't see this team winning eight games I do think their schedule is easy but yeah if I was betting it over I definitely want that that six and a half because I, I am worried about that secondary you know Dory Jackson he was good last year can he keep can he keep it going because if if he regresses at all 
I mean, this secondary is in just it, it. There's there's major problems, you know, outside of McKinney at safety, uh, and uh, you know, I, I still don't think the pass rush is going to be great. Uh, even with Thibodeau, I you know the linebacking core you can take advantage of. We'll see how Blake Martinez looks, but it, it's a very underwhelming defense, I think. Uh, so you're going to need some some guys at the skill positions to step up. Uh, maybe it's Wandale. Maybe maybe he steps up. Maybe Tony does a thing. Uh, I got him like wide receiver 45 in fantasy, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm I am a little worried about those skill positions just because I don't. I, I think it could be a struggle for Daniel Jones. He's one of those guys that he if they could have got him like an AJ Brown, that would have been amazing. But of course, Gettleman gets uh, gets Gallaudet, and now now Giants are stuck with it. Yep. All right, let's go to the Washington Commanders. Their win total is eight. It's uh, even money to the over, minus one twenty to the under. I, I I like the under on this one. Like, yeah, I just don't believe in Carson Wentz. I, I don't. Um, I, I think, and I think Jack Del Rio and his defense. Uh, it just it just hasn't been good. You know, ever since we thought uh, it was going to take a step forward last year, reports out of camp where it's been just as bad. Uh, you know, I, I just I just don't like this team. I, I don't like Carson Wentz. I like the rookie Robinson at running back. Nice fantasy sleeper. Um, you know, I know they got uh, unlucky with injuries, it, although it seems like every year they get unlucky with injuries. But they were 26 in adjusted games lost last year. Uh, but I, I just see this as a very mediocre team uh, with a quarterback who could implode. And I think what's going to happen is they're probably going to start him most of the year because they paid him. And, uh, you know, we saw that turned out for the Colts down the stretch, but I, I just don't believe in Carson Wentz. So uh, I'm leaning under on this on this Washington Commanders team. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm just getting bad vibes around this team, too, just as far as like what's going on at camp. And, um, you know, you're going to get Chase Young back, which should help the defense. But I'm not in love with the linebacker or secondary situation. And what are they doing? Like, I didn't love their draft either. I thought they reached for Dotson. At least McLaurin isn't like holding out for the season. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, what do they do? What do they, how do they get better? They added Wentz. I mean, I guess you could argue it's like, I would say it's like a lateral move um, mm-hmm. for the quarterback situation um, with much more. I mean, they, they always, the last couple of years, it's kind of been boomer boss at quarterback with some always high implosion probability. But what, what else did they do? They went out and got, Trey Turner, um, Andrew Norwell, like that's it. Um, and I didn't like their draft. So yeah, there's, there's not much to really like about this team. It's an underwhelming team. I project them like, cause I have them with one of the three or four easiest schedules, um, in the NFL. And that's what happens when you're in the NFC and, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm under eight. I project under eight. If I had to bet it, I don't have enough value to bet it, but I would certainly look under the cow. I, you know, the, I think the Cowboys got a little worse, but I think the Giants would be better. The Eagles got better. And I just don't think this Washington roster um, got any better. I know that there's, you know, maybe some third down regression um, and some, you know, better injury luck, but you know, unless Dotson just has a monster year and Wentz uh, is something that I don't think he is, um, I don't see this team getting to nine or ten wins. Um, I look at it more as, as like eight is their ceiling if things go right. Um, but yeah, I don't like what's going on in Washington. Yeah, it's a, it's a very 
mediocre team. And I think if they had a if they had a different quarterback besides Wentz, maybe I liked them more. But you know, everyone's talking about Wentz like he's going to be this massive difference maker for Washington. Carson Wentz hasn't averaged seven yards an attempt in four years. He's been six seven, six zero, six nine the last three years. His career. 6.8 yards per attempt is the same exact figure as Taylor Heineke. You know, it's, and, and I think it's going to come down to that. And, you know, if you're sitting there waiting the year and you need Carson Wentz to get you, you know, one or two more wins, you know, at Cleveland or against Dallas in, in those last two games, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust them to do it. So uh, yeah, it's, it's not like a terrible team by any means, uh, you know, you worry about, you know, can Samuel stay healthy? Like you said, they did they reach on dots? And I think the O-line will be fine. So that, that's a positive. Uh, they have some pieces on defense, but I don't know. Del Rio has kind of lost his mind a little bit. Like, it's it just, they just haven't put it together. So, uh, you know, it's it, it's an underwhelming team, but I, I'm going under because uh, I don't believe in Wentz. Yeah, I mean, if you look at one of their, one of their corner spots um, with William Jackson, who they gave, what, a three-year – 40 or 40, 50 million dollar contract to before last year. Guess, guess where he's at. He's about to turn 30. Um, and you saw it last year. He was not good. Um, and the history of cornerbacks around this age that kind of start showing cracks um, is uh, not too promising if you're a Washington fan. Yeah. I like, uh, I like their, I like Curl, their safety. Yeah. Curl's a good uh, player. Um, you know, Fuller's obviously a, a good player. Like they, if they have pieces littered around here. Like theoretically, they should be a lot better uh, on defense. So uh, if they could do that, you know, I think that's that's kind of how they get over the, the total. You know, they have to kind of play kind of like the Colts last year. You know, just and don't need to throw too much. Just rely on your defense, run the ball. They have they have a good backfield, but uh, I just don't see it. All right, let's go to the NFC North. Let's start with the Green Bay Packers. Their win total is 11. Uh, it's minus 110 on both sides. They are they, they should have a pretty good O-line if everyone can, can kind of get healthy. I haven't and Bakhtiari favored, just came off the pup yeah. list too, which helped. Yeah, I haven't favored in uh, 13 games. So, I mean, they're, they're 3-0 over with LaFleur. They've been crushing their preseason win total by an average of 3.7 wins a year. So, uh, it's, it's one of those – Unders that, you know, I, I kind of look at and say, okay, Devontae Adams is gone. They got a lot going on at receiver, but I look, I like the defense. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, D, the offense, I mean, still has Rodgers. The offensive line should be great. And they just know how to draft and develop offensive linemen. So, like, mm-hmm. you lose a couple guys that still should be solid. And Bakhtiari, obviously, coming off the pup list, he's healthy, he's massive at left tackle. Uh, the question is, I mean, we'll, the defense, all, yeah, I agree. The defense should be really good. You get Jair Alexander back. Um mm-hmm who missed majority of the last season and is arguably the best cornerback in the NFL. And if you have that, it allows you to do a lot more things on defense and, you know, Rashawn Gary, there's some good pieces on this defense and, you know, what it comes down to is, all right, how much now, if you look at a lot of the luck metrics, close games, fumble, like, so fumbles and, you know, turnovers, their special teams are concerned, by the way, you got to, we have to mention that because the special teams ended up costing their season last year and was awful all year, but they, they run really good in close games, but they're all and turnovers, but you got Aaron Rodgers, your quarterback, and they tend to like play a little conservative once they get big leads and Aaron Rodgers is going to win close games. And he consistently does that. And some coach, they, 
I forget who it does. R RDJ Sports. They do the coach NFL coach rankings based on play calling, aggressiveness. But Lafleur has finished number one in two straight years, so it's time to give him his due. And like you said, he's gone over with ease in each of the past three years. Um, so the defense should be good, assuming health. And uh, I mean, even what's his name? Uh, Campbell at linebacker came out of nowhere last year. Um, I think he was top 50 in the NFL 100 this year for NFL Network. And, yeah, so the defense has a ton of potential with a healthy Alexander back. And on offense, it just comes down to, okay, obviously, and you're assuming Rodgers isn't going to take a step back with his age. So if that's the assumption, it's, okay, how important was Devonta Adams? And the answer is it's very important. But this is a very efficient offense with a Hall of Fame quarterback and I think that you're going to probably see him curious your thoughts. I mean, Romeo Dubs is my guy in college. Maybe he, and he's looked phenomenal. I didn't love the um, Watson get, but Dubs, I was like, I was like, how did this guy fall to the third round when it happened? And now he's, you know, th there's some drop issues, but he is absolutely electric because you lose, you lose your deep threat and Scantling who's been very up and down with the Packers, but all right, who's going to step up? Is it, you know, you do have two really good backs, so is it more Jones in the slot too, which I'm assuming you're going to see. So there's some things that green Bay can do, but there's definitely going to be a drop-off when you lose one of the best receivers in the NFL, who was just unguardable and, and third, just a, a, such a safety blanket for Rogers. But yeah, I mean, I think that this team, I have faith, I have projected what their win total sitting at 11. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm, I, I haven't pr projected for like 10, six, 10, seven. Um, and so I would lean under barely, but not enough to play. Um, there'll be a tough out once again. And I'm curious to see how the offense evolves in the uh, post Adams era. Yeah, I think it's got to be Dobbs. Like, you know, just looking at who they have at that wide receiver position, Alan Lazard, you know, he's been targeted on about 16% of his routes uh, in his career. That's about half as much as Devontae Adams. Randall Cobb is, you know, on the back end. Sammy Watkins can't stay healthy. And he's also really kind of dropped off in terms of his ability to get open in these last few years. So I think Dobbs is that guy, you know, 12 targets on 29 routes in the preseason so far. That's 42 percent. That's that's a guy who's going to get open. You know, I think they're going to live with the drops eventually because um, I, I, I think he's their best receiver already. Uh, I, it would be nice if Watson got healthy and they could roll with, you know, Dobbs Watson and probably play Lazard in the slot, you know, gives them good run blocking there. Uh, so, but yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of Jones and Dylan and, you know, you look at this team and, you know, they only had 10.4 Pythagorean wins last year, which is 2.6 fewer than you know their actual wins, which were 13. But a lot of that was just, they, they didn't come to play in week one. They just got blown out by yeah. 35. So that kind of changes the entire, you know, their entire stats pretty much in terms if you're looking at points and point differential and all that stuff. They got they lost 38 to three to the Saints in week one in New Orleans. So uh, I think, you know, they're that's gonna, you know, before is gonna probably throw that tape on getting ready for this week one. Like, yeah, see what happens when you don't don't show up. So uh, I don't think that's gonna happen again. Uh, it's just not a team I want to bet under on. Even with the loss of Adams, you got Rodgers, and, and his defense is just too many, too many guys all over the place on defense. Like this, they could be like a, you know, one of those teams that every game is like twenty-one to, to thirteen or something like that. But uh, I expect them to keep on winning. 
Yeah. And you also could get Tanya back at tight end. It's, you'll get him back at some point and uh, Jenkins. But yeah, especially if Stokes, you know, takes a, another step at, at one of the cornerback spots, man. Because um, you got Amos and Savage. You got pass rushers. Campbell's emergence at linebacker. And then obviously Alexander is the cornerstone. Um, this defense is no slouch. And uh, yeah, just, okay. What, what nuances can the offense introduce to make up for the loss of Adams? And you have Rodgers and a head coach who has exceeded uh, mine. I think everyone's expectations and um, you got to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, he's like another Sean McVay. It's just, you know, he's got Aaron Rodgers, so people don't look at it. You know, McVay had golf when he got there, so everyone noticed when he was winning. But when you have Rodgers, you know, people just kind of write you off. But I, I really like LaFleur. Uh, let's move on to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I love the Vikings this year, actually. Uh, I think, you know, they're one of those teams that uh, – another kind of like the Eagles. Like, I could see a situation where they get, you know, get some luck, get some turnover luck, some fumble luck, some one-score luck. Uh, I could see them with – with 12 or so wins, um, you know, they're, they were a little bit unlucky in the injury front last year. Uh, but I just think this roster is pretty solid all around, you know, uh, on offense. I, I think the line, you know, they have decent tackles, uh, you know, cousins at quarterbacks throwing 68 touchdowns, 20 picks since he got Jefferson, uh, you got Jefferson. Thielen's still hanging in there, even though he's getting up there in age, he's a weak touchdown scorer and route runner. Uh, and then on defense, you got the safeties, uh, Smith and Bynum, who I really like. Uh, you still got Hunter, you, you know, got a pretty solid defensive line. Tomlinson in the middle, Phillips. Uh, Camp Dancer turned into one of the better corners in the league last year. Uh, Peterson, you know, I, uh, he's probably not to be trusted. But, um, you know, if they can, if they could just kind of get maybe one more corner to step up, uh, I, I think this team could go a long way. Um, so, yeah, I, I like the Vikings. What about you? Yeah, weird, a weird team. So they, they definitely got unlucky in the injury front. They just played a million close games. Um, just hard attack finishes all year. But I, I agree. I think similar to the Giants, they'll benefit immensely from the coaching change in O'Connell coming in. Mm -hmm. it just this, you know, they can get away from this. All right, let's just run it on first down in the most predictable offenses, uh, you know, with two receiver sets and hand it off on first down. Just inefficient offense that I think will make a jump from getting rid of Zimmer fourth overall aggressiveness fourth the fourth downs. I think that that will improve as well. I think the offensive line um, is also, which has been a sore spot for the Vikings for years, but I think that there's finally some promise there. I think the young pieces on the interior um, that's shown enough flashes. You get Darisol tackle for a full season. Um, and obviously O'Neill on the right side. So yeah, I think that the offense and obviously you have, you know, top tier skill position talent um, at wide receiver and running back. And then the defense, as you mentioned, um, you know, it's going to transition to a new scheme, but look on the edge. Now, if you can keep Hunter and Zedaria Smith healthy, I mean, that's a extremely formidable pass rushing duo. I agree. I love Dantzler. I like the safeties. You know, Peterson's on, the on the way down um but there are teams aka the giants who have much worse um than you know a, a future hall of fame corner is you know past his prime out there so yeah i like the vikings a lot and i'm trying i we gave we said three to one it's come down a little bit to win the division which i like and i also like like even money 
Um, it's come down a little bit, so I don't like it as much, but even money to make uh, the playoffs, I really like in the NFC. I think this is at least uh, a nine-win team. And if you look at the NFC, and we'll talk about this throughout our NFC previews, it's like, all right, the Rams, the Bucks, you know, Eagles, Cowboys, you, 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 like each division, you have like one team. Um, and there's so many questions with the, I mean, look at Seattle, Seattle got worse. We still don't know about San Francisco and their quarterback situation. And there are so many bottom tier teams that, um, I think that the, uh, Vikings are there's, there's value in them to, uh, make the playoffs. I project nine, seven. So I would lean over on them, but I prefer make the playoffs. You can make the playoffs with nine wins. Um, and then to win the division, especially if you can get like three to one or better, as we talked about in our previous episode. Yeah, I, uh, like the Vikings have been one of those teams that just, it, it's the one where I'm like, okay, which division future do I like the best? The Vikings, you know, which playoff future do I like the best? The Vikings, win total, it's getting a little juiced up at minus 130, but I uh, still like the over nine. Uh, I, I think, you know, that week eight game at home against Arizona uh, could go a long way to deciding if they make the playoffs because if they could just handle business there. Uh, like you said, I think it's Cowboys, Eagles. Uh, I think it's, uh, you know, the Packers and then the Bucks and then Rams Niners. You got one more. And I, I think that's the Vikings uh, with Arizona being, you know, next up after, after the Vikings. So if they can beat Arizona there get that tiebreaker, uh, you know, I, I like their chances. And uh, I think, you know, O'Connell's odds have come down a little bit. Uh, I like them at 20 to one. He's down to 16 to one. Uh, there's a lot of competition for coach of the year, but, you know, to, to win one of those things, you're going to have to win 11, 12 games. And, you know, like Dan Campbell, the Lions aren't going to win 11, 12 games. Um, so, you know, there's some coaches on this list that, that, that aren't, and I think O'Connell and the Vikings can now, obviously Josh McDaniels and, and Hackett uh, can as well, but, uh, and maybe Mike McDaniel, but, um, you know, I think O'Connell's definitely in a running for, for that as well. So a lot of ways to invest in the Vikings. You just got to keep Kirk Cousins healthy, though, because it's backup quarterback situation. Mm. Not, yeah. It's not good. They just traded for Nick Mullins, but uh, it's, uh, it's not great. All right, uh, let's, let's wrap it up with the Lions and the Bears. Let's start with the Lions. Uh, the win total, six and a half, juiced up to the over, minus 125. Uh, love their O-line. Love their offense. Uh, they got really unlucky with injuries. 30th in adjusted games lost last year. Um, I only have them favored in four games, but I am bullish on at least their offense for this year. I think Jared Goff, it, it's going to be, you know, he's not the greatest quarterback, obviously, but when you put decent pieces around him, which I think he has, uh, I think he could be solid. And uh, I think this team might end up being like a shootout team this year because still don't love the, the secondary. I think it, it'll be bad. But the offensive line, I think it's top five. I think you got, you know, Amon, Ray, Amon Ross, St. Brown uh, can get open and do a lot of things for you. Reynolds and Chark on the outside until Williams gets back uh, is solid. And uh, Hawkinson is a good tight end catching the ball. Swift is a good running back catching the ball. Uh, offense is fine. Uh, it's just the defense is uh, doesn't look good. doesn't matter if you have one ass cheek and three toes. I will beat your ass. Yeah, I mean, it is still Jared Goff. Um, so I think the ceiling is limited. You know that I'm, I'm not a fan of Goff, but um, I do like, yeah, the offensive line, which had injuries last year too, was profiled as one of the best in the NFL if they can stay healthy. That's where they've invested a lot of capital. Um, so yeah, I love their offensive line. I love St. Brown, tight end, running back. They, they have some solid pieces on the offense and Goff can be serviceable as we've seen. 
yeah, they were really unlucky in uh, one possession games too. I think they lost three or four games on the final play. Mm-hmm. That, I remember that Vikings game with Cousins just uh, and Justin Tucker at a 66 yard field goal after they didn't call a delay of game, a 66 yard field goal. That's how they lost one of their games. So yeah, one of the reasons why they lose at the end is because their secondary is so bad. I mean, if you look at their their secondary right now, it's they're going to need Okuda. And their front seven should be better with better injury luck. But they're going to need Okuda to be something. This guy's a top five pick. And headed into camp, he's two or two weeks ago, he was second on the depth chart at corner behind Will Harris. Will Harris has been – he. Will Harris must have nudes on somebody. Will Harris has been the worst safety in the NFL starting for the Lions for like three or four years. And then he had a, he got thrown in. Uh, granted, the Lions had a ton of injuries in the secondary last year and were throwing just anyone out there. Yeah, I think they called you at one point, but you were, you were busy <laughs> on a podcast. And yeah, Will Harris had to start a couple games at corner. And now he was like number one on the depth chart over Akuda. The top five pick, it can't be a good sign. I don't know. Maybe they're just trying to fire him up. But, um, yeah, they didn't really do much to address that. I mean, they added Deshaun Elliott, who's going to start in place of Will Harris. Um, So, yeah, the secondary is in the NFL, which is extremely important, um, is really troublesome. Um, Goff, they also have, you know, their, their schedule, I have them. I haven't projected like at 6.2, 6.3. I think that the love for lines got a little out of hand. Maybe that's like some hard knock stuff. Yeah. Um, but I do have them with the third easiest schedule in the NFL. So I mean, if you look, they got like the Seahawks at home, Washington at home, they even open up with Philly at home. One of their tougher opponents, that's where you want. You want one of your tougher opponents at home to open up the year, I think. Um, you know, they get – they have the Giants. They obviously have the Bears twice. We'll get to them. But I, I think they're going to be terrible. They get the Jags at home. They're at the Jets, at the Panthers. But it is worth mentioning, like, three of their last four on the road against teams that they could beat, Jets, Panthers. They close out the year at Green Bay. Maybe Green Bay is playing for nothing. But those are all outdoors in December and January. Golf outdoors, eh, not your, your best bet. So keep that in mind. Um, so, yeah, this is a no play for me. Um, this like play the play hard, hard docs. Um, I think narrative has gone a little bit too far with the lines. I like what I like Campbell. I actually love Campbell. So this team, Detroit, we're going to kick you in the teeth. And when you punch us, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. All right. We're going to take your other kneecap before long. We're going to be the last one standing. I like where. Detroit is headed, but Goff really limits their ceiling, and the secondary is – they need Okuda to figure it out somehow, and I haven't seen any signs that he's he's going to. So uh, no play on the Lions for me, but there's certainly signs that are – give you a little bit more reason for optimism in Detroit than you've had in quite some time. Detroit! This is – just an over team. Like this is this is they were seven and ten to the over last year. So maybe people will sleep on it, but I think this team is gonna be one of the you know the most heavy over teams uh of any team to see. I, they they could have the worst defense in the league. I mean, 
you you mentioned it. They got this guy Harris potentially starting at corner. Uh, they really don't have anyone that has proven themselves at the cornerback position. Um, you know, the safeties are, I think, average at best. The linebackers uh, are bad. You know, they got mm-hmm. they got Anzalone, Barnes, you know, Barnes, Chris uh, Board. Yeah, it's 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 not looking good there. And then you know, the interior line uh, also not very good. Uh, you know, Aiden Hutchinson obviously is going to help on the edge. And, uh, you know, Charles Harris had a, a good year for the first time in like five years last year. So you know, maybe he can keep it going, but that's that's no guarantee. He was a former first round pick, though. But it, there's really maybe two two guys that I would call, you know, two or three guys that I would call above average on, on this defense and a lot that I would call below average. So, you know, I, I think the offense is not going to be the problem at all. Like, I think, I think it's going to be fine. I think it might even surprise some people. I think it's kind of built for Goff to have success. You know, they got, they got, a, you know, they got a good tight end to catch the ball. They got a good running back to catch the ball. They got a, uh, you know, the best receiver is St. Brown, who, you know, he's not going deep, which is not Goff's strength. And then, you know, they got two decent guys to kind of make, take some coverage away uh, on the outside that can make contested catches when they have to. So I think the offense will be fine, uh, but this is going to be a bad defense. Yeah. I mean, one of their, one of their maybe better players is Okora, um, but you got like Hutchinson, you drafted Hutchinson. So like, um, and uh, yeah, I saw Okora a couple weeks ago, like sent out a warning to uh, opposing offenses. Um, I don't think any opposing offenses uh, took that too seriously. Yeah, I, yeah. Like I said, this is gonna be an over team. Just watch. It, I, I, I can see it now. Um, all right, let's close. But Dan out Campbell it. covers, man. He was great against the spread last year. He covers, <laughs> and he doesn't stop trying to cover for you if you bet them uh, until the bitter end. I'll never forget that uh, 49ers game. Yeah, I think they're, they'll be a good team to probably bet. You know, week to week. But like you said, I think the love has just gotten a little out of hand. You know, having them needing them to win seven games now. Um, with this defense, I mean, that's that's a tough ask. Um, yeah. uh, all right, let's close out with the Bears. You know, that was my favorite under earlier in the preseason. Now it's under 6'5 at minus 190. So you have to get an alt line, probably five and a half to get some decent odds. Uh, I don't hate that. Uh, obviously, would rather get the best of the number. But this team, I think it has a bottom five O-line. I have them favored in two games. Uh, you know, receiving core outside of Mooney is bad. Fields, even if you think he's going to improve, which I do, I like him in fantasy, uh, uh, you know, but he had the worst QBR in the league last year. The, you know, running backs are solid, but running backs don't really matter when it comes to point differential. Uh, the defense, they're going to be relying on rookies in the secondary. Uh, you know, a lot of the their players that are supposed to be the best players uh, on that defense haven't really been good last year like smith and jackson so i i just don't i just don't see a lot to like for the chicago team outside of just you know fields should be exciting and, and i like darnell mooney yeah but you got you have fields in the second you know second year rookie contract and this team is in shambles um so you gotta hope that he has a big year and you can fix some things in the offseason i like the i actually like the coaching hire beaver but uh there's there's not much he could do this year. You didn't even mention the offensive line, which is arguably the worst in the NFL. Um, who, who they're starting receivers are besides Mooney or Pringle and Jones, Gilles Jones, Equinemius, Equinemius St. Brown, Equinemius. Um, yeah, the defense is, 
you're starting a couple of rookies in the secondary too. Um, and then obviously they have, they have, they're, they're in cap disaster mode. Um, mm-hmm. You know, similar to the giants are just in a terrible situation. So you had to let Hicks go. You trade away. Matt, I like those news, but it's obviously not going to help your defense much this year. There is nothing good to like about that. I don't like anything about this team this year. It's going to be, a long year in Chicago. I project them. Yeah, we gave out one of my favorite bet on our preseason pot, our pre-draft pub is under seven, even money. That's obviously no, no long longer gone. available. <laughs> uh, I mean, I project them at like, they have an easy schedule. Um, I project them at like five, eight, five around there. So like under seven, yeah. Um, under six and a half, not at minus 190. Just basically six, so it's probably a pass, but I would lean under. Um, there's not many redeeming qualities about this team uh, for a brand new regime. They had no first round pick. They're basically just cleaning up the cap, um, and yeah, it's it's ugly. It's an ugly roster. Maybe they'll have a pass rush. They got you know they still got Quinn and uh, that fifth rounder uh, Gibson really well last year but um yeah it's it, it, you got to look long and hard to find good players on this roster uh, maybe cole Komet takes a step forward as well at tight end should we mention uh just real quick favorite plays oh yeah yeah you can start yeah i'll just mention nfc east i love i love the giants over it's scary i know they've gone under five straight years but i think they bucked that trend i think the coaching hires alone and better injury luck will lead to a few more wins and then the back don't forget about the backup quarterback and then in the NFC North, I like uh, investing in the Vikings in some form or fashion, whether it's if you can find close to three to one to win the division or uh, even money to make the playoffs. Love the coaching change there as well, which I think will lead to a much more efficient offense. And I think the defense has a lot of potential. I'm going with the Washington Commanders under eight. I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles to win the NFC East at plus 170. Uh, the Vikings over nine at minus 130, although I, I like some of their other odds, uh, specifically to win the NFC North at plus 260. But I think this should be a, a 10-win team with upside for more uh, in Minnesota. And yeah, it, I love the Bears earlier in the offseason, but I think it's too far gone. Maybe you want to jump on an, an all like five and a half at, at plus money. Uh, if you can get it, maybe like plus one. 25 or better but uh besides that uh, I'm, I'm sticking with the commanders under uh, as my new favorite under out of these two divisions and uh that is going to wrap it up for part one of our nfc win totals preview be sure to check out part two uh where we go through the nfc south the nfc west also don't forget we got tons of nfl betting episodes leading up to week one here on the action network podcast There will also be a fantasy player projections episode every Wednesday on this channel uh, with myself and Sean Kerner. That's back by popular demand. So uh, if you dig that, be sure to check that out once the season gets underway. You can find Stucky on Twitter at Stucky2. You can find me at Chris Raybon. And you can find us at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app where you can follow our bets and track all of yours until next time let's get this money